pursuing relationships, relationships on purpose. One of the things that our father wants is us become one. I want to do what pleases my father. We don't have to be instantly mature in everything to be loved. You got the love of God, you got the holiness of God. You got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast. Josh Coat with you, your host, and today we are continuing to pursue relationship on purpose. That is with our Heavenly Father, that is with each other, that is with the world. I don't know about you, but it's a subject that we don't talk a whole lot about in certain circles, about pursuing relationship on purpose. We do relationships. Sometimes we do them poorly. Sometimes we do them very well. Sometimes we do them intentional. And sometimes we try to avoid them. (laughs) And with all the different moving parts, depending on what kind of relationship it is, if it's a marriage, if it's a parenting relationship, if it's just an acquaintance, a working relationship, or a best friend All of those function and look very different. So I want to just initiate the conversation and get us talking about how we can steward that better. And we can do that through community and we can do that through our individual relationships as well. I'm fortunate to have on the program with me today one of my very closest friends, Paul Wilson. He's uh, been a friend of mine for uh, a few years now. We got to know each other Back when he first started attending my church, asked if we would bless his missions trip to El Salvador that he was getting ready to go on. And through talking with him and and prayer, uh, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that, hey, you're supposed to go on this trip with him. And so I did, and we cultivated a relationship uh, during that trip and have been close friends ever since. His family and our family are in covenant relationship with one another, and we love each other very dearly. So looking forward to talking to him about relationships and missions. Uh, It's going to be really good. So you want to stick around and hear the heart of covenant relationship. Paul Wilson will be on the program with me when I come back. A continuous sound of vertical worship expressed to God in music, art, and dance. Come express your heart and encounter His presence. Incense Rising, 24 hours of expression and encounter. Hosted at Victory Christian Center in Carthage, Missouri, Friday, December 2nd from 7 p.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday, December 3rd. Worshippers, dancers, and artists are free to come and go as you please throughout the event. To lead a music set, please sign up for a time slot at incenserising.org. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. And welcome back to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. Missionary, father, husband, good friend. Paul Wilson is in the studio with me. How you doing, man? Doing great, Josh. Good to be here. For those of our listeners that don't know who you are, tell a little bit about your your past, where you came from, and and kind of what you've been doing. Well, I shouldn't make this a five-hour podcast, but I would just say... Cliff Notes, Cliff Notes. Okay, Cliff Notes. So, I was raised in a Christian home, but not in church. When I was 16, I lost my father to brain cancer, and... um, wound up living a very um, 
nomadic life. Yeah, nomadic. And I was an alcoholic, a drug addict, a drug dealer, and and a lot of a lot of things that I was I was trying to fill that void, that pain in my life that I had. And um, at one point, encountered Jesus on a beach while living in Hawaii. And um, after that point in my life, I. Um, I was I was actually radically healed. I had broken my knee, and while I was there, I uh, cried out to the Lord. He spoke to me audibly, and he invited me to a different lifestyle where where I would get to co-labor with him and actually do do something with my life that was good. And I remember my my knee being healed in that moment, and I started going to church. And uh, was a little bit surprised because I didn't have a grid for what church should be like, but I had an expectation after meeting Jesus in that um, powerful encounter. So from church to church, I went and uh, the Lord spoke to me and told me that I would be a missionary. I thought that he had made a very poor choice. Um, I let him know that there's a lot more people that are way more qualified than I was. Um, but that's not how God works. He usually uses the, the foolish things to confound the wise. So... Um, Starting in Nepal and, and Thailand and later to Latin America and Eastern Europe and Norway and Cuba and back and forth, Philippines and all kinds of places, wherever God would have me go. Um, I was in a pursuit to see the red letters of the Bible um, come to life in what I'm seeing. And, and my experience wasn't always that way, um, but I just kept pursuing and pursuing and believing that what I read in the Bible was true. And I had an expectation that it had to come to pass despite what um, other Christians would tell me. Usually they tell me, calm down, Paul, you need to go to theological school. And once you learn a lot, then you'll, you'll understand that... Um, that God is not the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's He's different today. And I would say, you know what? I believe that blind eyes should open, and we should see people get out of wheelchairs, and we should see the kingdom come in power, because that's who our God is. And um, uh, by the grace of God and, and my pursuit of Him, I finally encountered people that believed the same as I did, and got to see see His His hand at work. So... That's a very short cliff note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could literally sit here for five hours and only scratch the surface of the stories that, that you've encountered, that we've encountered together. Um, you know, along the way, you've you found your wife. Yes. And uh, she is Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. You have two beautiful children now. Yes. That's not the only relationship that you've uh, built along the road. Tell us a little bit about that, how God brings people into our lives, how we lock arms with folks, and how we um, relationships are important whenever we're pursuing the Lord. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, Josh. Um, so with relationships for me, there's one word that I feel like isn't taught on or seen very much in our culture, and that is covenant. And covenant is a powerful thing. Um, we read about in the Bible, it says there there is a friend that is closer than a brother. And there are relationships that we can have that are so deep, they're so eternal, they go beyond anything that is um, DNA or blood. And oftentimes we're raised in a family and we think of family as the deepest relationship you could ever possibly have. But when we we become in Christ, wherever we travel in the world or wherever we go, for those who are truly in Christ, we have a um, we have a commitment or a covenant to one another that's in the bond of the blood of Jesus. 
And that bond is so powerful because we're willing to lay down our lives and sell everything that we own and give whatever we we have to meet the needs of our, our family in Christ. And it's a it's a powerful bond. So the relationships that I've been able to build and and to get to sacrifice for uh, worldwide, I have relationships that are so deep and so close with with men and women around the world that go beyond anything that I experienced from my childhood. Um, because after I met Jesus, I was I was adopted into a family, and it's a family of sacrifice and and joy and um, covenant. Covenant is it's one of those words that you can only understand, just like the word culture. It's a it's a romantic word, and it's one that you'll only understand once you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. You know, covenant is deeper than culture. Mm-hmm. You know, culture tends to uh, kind of embrace all of our relationships when covenant embraces just the few that we give ourselves completely to. Mm-hmm. And I love the definition that says covenant means whatever is mine is yours, and whatever is yours is mine. Yeah, the powerful thing about covenant is my commitment and my sacrifice to you is not dependent upon me agreeing with you or even by what your actions are. And the the covenant that Christ made with us and, and the type of bridegroom that he is, that no matter what I do, to break the contract or to run away or anything anything that I say or do that seems so ludicrous for the marriage that he's given himself to. He is so faithful to that. And when we have covenant relationship in Christ, um, in those relationships similar to a marriage, that when one is failing or one is has made mistakes, I'm going to love you and there's nothing you can do about it. And I've had um, I've had covenant relationships where they've they've chosen to to walk away from the relationship or, or made poor choices in it, and they just it's just simply said, well, I I don't care what you think or what you want to believe or anything else that you want to do, I've made a commitment to love you no matter what, and I am right here and my love has never changed for you, and it's that kind of thing that destroys the enemy's assignment to divide. That, that commitment to a relationship. If, if I may, the Protestant church has had so many, well over 1,500 splits since its conception. The word Protestant means to protest, protest. And, and it, was, it was born out of something that was, was at an offense of, of, an, of another uh, way of covenant. And out of that, many times we see church splits because when they come into a disagreement in the scriptures, that is a valid cause for them to separate from the relationship. But, but covenant is so much more than that. That is, whether I agree with you or I don't, I will never leave this relationship. And it's, it's powerful because when we have those kinds of relationships, um, we hold true to what unity is, and that's Jesus. He mm. is the truth. Yeah. You know, a lot of those disagreements or misunderstandings, differences of opinion, when they are outside of love, whenever they're on a, only on a legal binding agreement, where it's legality and what does scripture say about it? It's dogmatic and it's it's all about doctrine or bylaws or legal things. Then, yeah, there's always a right side, a wrong side, differences of opinion, and that can end in offense and bitterness and all kinds of things. But whenever love is the motive, 
and and true love is a thing of integrity. Once it says it's going to do something, it always follows through with what it says. And, you know, the scripture says the Lord watches over his word to, to accomplish it. And his covenant with us is something that he's put his word on. Paul told Timothy, this is a, a good saying. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. But if you are faithless, I will remain faithful because I cannot deny myself. Mm-hmm. I cannot not do something that I've already said I would do. Right. And that is never leave you or forsake you. That's so good. That's so true. I've, I think some of the deepest and best relationships that we have, and even, even to those who are listening, could agree that some of the the most profound relationships or friendships that they had, those same people are some of the people that they've had the most vehement disagreements with. But for the sake of the relationship and who they are, like who their value is to them, that they they keep the connection and they 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 do whatever they can to fight to keep the connection and the um, the relationship despite whatever disagreement or argument or whatever difficulty they may have gone through. And it actually creates a pearl of great price. It's with inside of that pressure and that agitation that beautiful things are created because it says, I will not give in to what the enemy wants us to do, which is to categorize ourselves or to be accused, to be different. That's what that categorizer of the brethren actually means to, to um, uh, the, <laughs> excuse me, the accuser of the brethren actually means to categorize. So when we say we're in different ways of thinking or in um, different categories, it's like we make it possible for us to be separate. But we see on the day of Pentecost that even though they spoke with all with different languages, it actually drew them together and made them one body. Whereas the separation of languages at the Tower of Babel caused them to be divided. Because when we come together to build his kingdom, it requires us to have humility to to keep the covenant, to keep the relationship above all else, because that's what brings glory to to God. Jesus says, "You're in me, and I'm in Him. We're all we're all <laughs> we're all abiding in one Spirit when we submit ourselves to Christ." And so, I think as as much as we can to fight for that relationship, to be peacemakers, to be sons of God. That's that's above all else. So I, I, you know, I, I think that that's absolutely true. Tell me a, maybe an example in your own life that relationship was especially difficult, or you saw the fruit of a very healthy relationship. Just, just kind of in your own, your own life. Yeah. Um, well, I could say it just the same for anyone who's ever been married, that the enemy works as much as he can to to divide a marriage because there's so much strength together that one will send a thousand to flight, but two, ten thousand. And in a marriage, just because we have a disagreement um, doesn't mean that we throw away our covenant before God that we made at the altar. Um, I had a relationship with a man, or I, I still still do have a relationship with a with a, a friendship that I have. I can't I can't say his name for the sake of things, but we're still friends to this day. We have completely different personalities. We have completely different ways of thinking, and we have different uh, ministries that God has called us to. And a lot of my sense of humor and 
the way that I operate and do things is polar opposite to how he does. And so it was very easy to recognize two things when we first met each other. One of them was that we complemented each other so well with the kingdom that when we were together in humility and we were doing the Lord's work, it was powerful the things that God was doing in an environment, more so than what we could do just by ourselves. And we both recognized that. And when we came into the moments of offense where my humor would hurt him or his his difference of communication would hurt me. And this is someone who speaks a, a different language and from a different culture. And so there's a lot of a lot of opportunity for contention in those differences. I remember tearfully more than once us both about to throw it all away because we were both so upset, tearfully just saying, the enemy wants us to be apart because we do so much more when we're together and we bring so much more glory to God when we can find uh, a point of agreement where we can in humility still be together. And simply in that moment, by just taking a moment to pause and say, this brings glory to the enemy by us finding a good enough reason to separate. And when we took that moment, we both agreed. We prayed. I asked for forgiveness. He'd asked for forgiveness. And we'd say, I have made a covenant with you, and I've made a covenant with the Lord. And I won't, I won't forsake that, no matter what you do. Even if you stop talking to me for years, which, which did take place at one point, I just said, I'm going to remain in this. And because of that, there's so much fruit that has come out of it. There's so many people that have come to know the Lord and, and come to know the, the kingdom of God simply out of that relationship that's saying, wow, you guys are so different, but you've fought to keep the connection and the covenant that, um, that we are, it says, they will know me by your love for one another. And, and in John 17, the expectation, the prayer of Jesus when he's praying to the Father is actually that you and I would have the exact same relationship and the level of unity and intimacy that Jesus has with the Father. When Jesus is praying there in the garden before he's about to be taken to be sacrificed for our redemption, it's powerful because that's the last thing that he's praying is that we would be one, that our love for each other, that our unity with one another would be the exact same level of intimacy that Jesus has with the Father. And it's it's powerful because that's what he's dying for. He's dying for family. Hmm. And and when we get past that, when we get to heaven one day, there's not going to be revival meetings or blind eyes opening or raising the dead. Um probably not long sermons on salvation. <laughs> we're going to worship and we're going to be of one spirit. There won't be any confusion in the worship because we'll be of, of one heart, one mind, one body. We're going to be the bride that is singing out and letting the fragrance of our love for him be lavished upon him through our unity for one another as we, we behold the bridegroom that died for us. Yeah. Let's go. I'm ready to go now. <laughs> Me too. Oh man. Oh, Paul, I just love I love uh I love sitting down with you. We talk often and and uh I love that our our relationship is a covenant relationship. You're my brother and I love you and and I'm always going to be here and I know you're always going to be there for me too. So, thanks for being on. Thanks, Josh. Love you. Love you too. 
Such a treat to have Paul with me today on the Encounter Culture Podcast. If you want to find out more about Paul and Lilac Missions, it's the missions organization that he plans missions trips all over the world, and you can sign up to be a part of one of those missions trips or sign up to be a prayer partner. In fact, one of the cool things that they do with Lilac Missions is every team member that goes on a team missions trip has a prayer partner for every single day that they're gone. And that's something they're very diligent about stewarding and making sure that there are people that are fasting and praying for every single missions trip. And the fruit of those missions trips is exponential. I mean, story after story after story of testimonies and healings and people delivered and set free and people who have come to encounter the Father in such a very profound way. It's a wonderful thing to send and to be sent. And I've done both. So let me just tell you from personal experience, it is an amazing time to go on a trip, and it's it's amazing to uh, to just kind of stand on the wall and and pray and fast for those that are going on the mission trip as well. So, getting back those stories or hearing words from Holy Spirit that you can send to the team while they're on the trip. And then also financial partnerships. None of these trips could be possible if it weren't for the folks that feel in their heart that they are to plant seeds of finances into these missions trips. There's just so much that that, that happens there. To find out more about that or to sign up for a trip or to become a prayer partner or to help financially, just go to lilacmissions.com. Next week, I'm going to have on with me Pastor Cindy Wormuth. She's the worship pastor at Joplin Family Worship Center, also the first lady there with Pastor Dan Wormuth. And it's such a joy to have her in my life as a relationship and a voice of truth. And I'm just going to really enjoy sitting down with her next week. And I know you will too next time on the Encounter Culture Podcast. We'll see you then.